Hello and welcome to a special Megasode episode of SMARTS, which as you know stands for Special Megasode Annually Ranks Top Selections. Ooh. <sighs> it's the award show. Anyway, I am your host, Julia Gulia of Internet Fame-Podcaster, and with me, as always, is Trevor, a.k.a. Rudiger Q Podcaster. <sighs> the crowds are going excelsior wait <laughs> wrong company whoa <laughs> okay um that's wait huh? i think my intro is done and we're not doing any news and so why don't we just jump right into the well, format we of the show what we're doing. <laughs> yeah i'll let you explain and then i'll take over again well so this is our annual um pageantry of uh <laughs> picking our best dc comics and Look dc comics feathers, related uh associated rewards and awards yes. and prestigiousness mm-hmm. which we've been doing for going on four years now mm-hmm. nigh on will, four years now we is it five uh well this, we is determined our, this is our fifth? we've been reading for four years but we did we talked about this already we've been reading for four years but i think we did a megasode after only six months yeah so did. i think this is their fifth award fifth awards megasode even though it's the fourth annual i'm very confused but okay do you understand i do understand but that's being pedantic. It's it's an annual tradition anyway. We started it six months into the podcast, but we, uh, you know, started an annual tradition. Nobody starts on the year anyway, right? Annual traditions don't really can't really begin. Any in do you know what I'm saying? Like not even slightly. <laughs> so our first category. <laughs> no, you're. <laughs> Top ongoing DC Universe series. No, I have to get my thought out before I look completely stupid. Hold on. I'm saying that whatever annual tradition we have right now was never, ever, ever started with um, year one being over a year long. Sure. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Not even slightly. All right, so so top top <laughs> okay. ongoing DCU series. All right, what are your what are your picks? So yes, we're gonna do five five picks for each of, of them, or at least we're gonna shoot for five for each of them, and then if there are any honorable mentions, we'll bring those up too. But in no particular order, my top ongoing DCU series are Justice League Dark by James Tiny and the Fourth and Ram V and a whole bunch of other artists, Hawkman by Robert Venditti and Fernando Passerin. <laughs> Passerin? You probably don't need to say the create because I think I think based on what you've been saying, I think you're probably basing the creative team on like the most recent issue or issues. No, I did do a little bit of research. If I if okay. there were multiple artists, then I say so. Okay. Um, but the the pencilers are usually the same. I'm I'm sorry I'm not mentioning the colors, the inkers, and stuff like that because there's a whole. Well, for example, on Justice League but... Dark, you picked the two writers but didn't mention the artists, right? Because you might have thought that Ramvi was the artist. No, I did know that he. In fact, the last issue of Justice League Dark uh, was not pens, wasn't uh, James Tenney no, wasn't Randy on there. Has taken over the title. Right. So I mean, I knew that they were co-writing it, but uh, the the for Justice League Dark, there's a bunch of artists. Yes, that's true. So that's why I didn't go into that. Boom. Okay. Counterpoint. Yeah, I'm I'm prepared. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, so yes, the next one is Far Sector by N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell. <laughs> um, Justice League Odyssey uh, by Dan Abnett, Will Conrad, uh, mostly. He, there was a contributing artist at some point, but most of the art was done by Will Conrad. Then um, Aquaman, but I didn't write down who did the things. Oh, no. Oh, it's a test for me. 
Uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick with art predominantly by Robson Rocha. Whoa, look at you, Co. And inking by Danielle Henriquez, I think. Wow, you went... Although, is he the colorist? I'm not sure. I think Rocha might might do his own... Inking? Inking, and and Henriquez might be the colorist. I'm just used to seeing... I can picture the names below each other. That's cool. (laughs) Do you have any honorable mentions? I do. I have two honorable mentions because Shazam and Wonder Woman, I'm consistently uh, excited when I read them. So basically how I did this was... I looked at all the stuff that's ongoing, duh. But and you picked what your favorite I, ones. Well, yeah. What am I most excited about? What am I like looking forward to tapping on most frequently? And I actually found through this entire process of putting the entire award ceremony together, what I wanted to mention, I really like the the limited stuff, the non DCU stuff. Like I'm drawn to. I the found the same thing. Stuff. I found the same thing. It was a lot harder to pick the ongoing. And in fact, I would point out that you know, just to be a nitpicky, that Far Sector is both limited and non DCU. So that probably should have. <laughs> gone in the non-dcu series okay but that's fair that's fine that's bump fair. up one of your honorable mentions if you want but but it just goes to your point i found the same thing like i i, I enjoy the ongoing series yeah, but the, ones, Flash, that I'm, the Batman, ones that i'm most Superman. excited about are like the, the more special projects right like the, Bla- the black label yeah. miniseries or the or even the digital ones are getting them There's frequently some and, and some really of the great, some yeah. of the especially the initial arcs when they sort of came out of the gate with their top creators yeah you know gail simone on flash and mark russell on swamp thing i'm sure we'll talk about some of these um those were some of the ones I would look forward to most. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we have some. I can't for believe I forgot Mark Russell. Oh my God. I didn't put him in my list. That's okay. Okay. I, I'm going to put him in my honorable mentions as I remember him anyway. So that's for that category. Now the next category is, wait, well, I didn't on. ask you. <laughs> I didn't ask for yours. I am also here. What are here. you? You are also here. Well, Top ongoing so, DCU so, so just remind me what you're, what you're picking. So Justice League Dark. Yes, Justice League Dark. Feel free to read that paragraph. I don't want to right read there. ahead. I don't want to read ahead. Yeah. Justice League Dark, Hawkman, Far Sector, which were disqualifying. Right. Justice League Odyssey, Aquaman. Yeah, so there's some there's some commonality there. Um, yeah, Justice League Dark is consistently good for me. Um, it just didn't. I it would if I expanded to ten, I would say that would be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Justice League Odyssey, same thing. It, it feels it kind of felt like it's been running in place for a little while. Like you, you wouldn't if you look back over what's happened over the past year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you'd really say that. A lot has happened. I don't know. I, it kind True, of feel, I, I agree, the, but the it's titles, still The title exciting. lost its original writer and creative team. It was originally James Tynion, and I think that they, like we don't want to cancel it because we want to finish the story, but you know, take it in a different direction. They sort of like jettisoned most of the initial cast and brought in like Dexter and Blackfire. And, and, uh, yeah. So I'm like, I, I, I enjoy it, but it's not like I wouldn't even put it up with like the top series that Dan Abnett has written, like his Aquaman stuff we loved and a lot of other stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and as far as far as honorable mentions, yeah, Wonder Woman is, is a is a really good one. Shazam, I mean Jeff Johns, I've really enjoyed. Um, but the, the scheduling has been so sporadic. Like I think right. we've gotten like three or four issues in the past year. I might be exaggerating slightly, and the art has been quite inconsistent too. Um, for so I don't know whether that's on him or whether right. it's on the artist. But I, I kind of have it I ha- kinda of have trouble putting it really high up there if there's just not a lot of quantity there you need the quantity and the quality so for me um so i also picked um i also picked aquaman and hawkman nice nice um yeah the the initial arc by kelly sudaconic on aquaman where he was amnesiac and was like on that island with a bunch of gods i enjoyed that but i kind of i really love that i really enjoy like the normal aquaman status quo where you get to see some of the the politics of atlantis and Mm -hmm. ocean masters out there doing stuff and black manta shows up and there's the lighthouse and the people in amnesty bay and like i like all that stuff and when it's divorced from that stuff for too long i kind of start to miss it so i enjoy i think it was i'm enjoying the current status quo a lot more but a lot of the characters that were introduced in that previous arc are still there yeah but now there's new interesting things Mm -hmm. happening like there's been a time jump 
jump. Don't really think too much about how that time jump would work with every other DC Universe series that hasn't had a time jump. We're just not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> think about that too much. Yeah. Um. He's got a daughter now, and so there's the whole thing with like there's going to be a, a whole thing about like who's going to rule Atlantis mm-hmm. and will it. And then just the most recent issue, are they going to try to do like a is, they're going to pull a Rome and try to like turn it into a democracy and all sorts of stuff. And Hawkman has been consistently good. You know, the first year by Venditti and Brian Hitch was fantastic, and then this second year. Um, which has sort of carried on some of the same plot threads and now is sort of culminating in the whole thing with the Deathbringers and so on has been really good. And the art by Fernando Passerin has been fantastic too. I've always really liked him. Bringing in Hawkwoman and the Atom as sort Mm -hmm. of foils for him has been really good, whereas the first arc was mostly him by himself, by and large. Um, I think that was a smart move too, especially since she hasn't gotten a lot of play recently. I mean, people love her from the cartoon, but it's been a long time since she's gotten much to do in the comics. Um, so those those are both really good picks. Um, I also picked Batman. I feel like you can't nice. disregard I Batman. I know. The, the last six months or so of um, of Tom King's run was some of his best, the whole City of Bane arc. Yeah, it, that was it, wonderful. The way that it ended was really fantastic. That final issue was great. And then it didn't really miss a beat moving over to James Tinian for this recent um, whole thing with, you know, the designer mm-hmm. and the assassins coming to Gotham and now moving into the Joker yeah, War storyline. It's, it's been really good. But see, that's another thing. There are so many subsets and offshoots of Batman. I don't even know subsets or whatever, but um, I had trouble. Remembering which stories belong yeah. to which title. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> So I'm sorry I didn't That's pick okay. it. Yeah, the and then uh, then I also picked Harley Quinn, nice. um, which I, I can be hot and cold on depending almost entirely mm-hmm. on the writer. I feel like there's some writers that I mean all the all the main Harley Quinn writers get her, but some of them play, write the title. We've talked about this recently, I think. Write the book in a way that I find more interesting, where there's actual like character development and yeah. emotion to it. It's not just a bunch of wacky things happening. And this whole arc with like her mother dying and her traveling around the world trying to process her grief and the whole thing, the recent arc with like the female wrestler who died and yep. the, involving the stuff from Apocalypse and then Booster Gold showing up. I think all that's been really great. And the art has been fantastic on this recent um, arc too. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later. Um, so I've got to put that up there. And the, the title is ending with the next issue. I can't imagine that we're going to go too long without a Harley Quinn ongoing title. I think it's just going to be a creative team switch up and they're going to restart it with a new number one or something. Oh. But um, And then my honorable mentions, I picked The Flash. The Flash has been consistently good ever since Rebirth started. It's been the same writer. It's been Joshua Williamson all four years we've been reading it. His, arc wow. is, his, his run is coming to an end this summer. And oh, then they're wow. doing a new creative team. Um, there's a lot of big stuff coming up that covers like, oh, they're Jesse Quick, Jay Garrick, Max Mercury. Like we're getting the whole Flash family back, it would seem. Um, and the whole thing, the whole current thing with um, the uh, the Legion of Zoom has been has been interesting. And all the stuff he's done with the rogues has been interesting. That arc where he powered up Captain Cold and he kind of like took over the city and encased it in ice using Lex Luthor's gifts. Yeah. That was a good arc. Um, yeah, I think it's been really good. It's just, you know, it, it's been so consistent that I feel like it kind of gets easy to overlook. And my other honorable mention was Legion of Superheroes, which I'm really enjoying. Again, it's been having scheduling problems, and I feel like it is kind of Bendisy where there's a lot of talk and not as much has happened recently. Yeah. I feel like it's like it's been six or seven issues and John still hasn't read the damn orientation Int- thing orientation that they put manual, like, yeah. Um, but when it's good in this most recent issue where there was actually some action, you know, and the team actually stepped up and stopped, had a big battle and then there was stuff with the United Plants going on and we got a little bit more some of the new characters like Monster yeah. Boy whatever his name is and the Gold Lantern people are curious about those characters I think it's good and the art is the art is very good also but I just feel like we've only gotten a few issues and it can be hit or miss depending on how how talky it can be so I didn't want to give that one of my top, spic, top picks 
Um, oh, I'm sorry. I went to my honorable mentions without talking about saying my fifth main pick. So my fifth main pick is Suicide Squad. Ooh. I think that this oh, with Tom yeah. Taylor and mostly Bruno Redondo on art. I think that this is the my favorite version of Suicide Squad in a long time. I love Tom Taylor. I love I've loved him ever since Injustice. I love his deceased stuff. Again, might come up a little later, but I think that. And we've, we've picked Suicide Squad as our, as our comic of the week a few times. I think that it's really clever to inject a bunch of new characters who aren't, who are original, so they yes. could die at any money without, you know, like, oh, they can't kill off, mm-hmm. you know, Harley Quinn, obviously. They're not going to kill off Deadshot or Captain Boomerang. You right. know what I mean? But they can kill off any you know, number Harry of or Wink or right. whoever or Jog. Um, and these characters whose affiliations and motives are completely different. They're more mm-hmm. heroes than the Suicide Squad yep. are. And now this whole thing with, I guess, Ted Kord really pulling the strings. That seems out of character for him. And now they've escaped and they run afoul of Batman. It's 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 got that Tom Taylor mix of drama and, like, often absurd humor that he likes to put in, even in Deceased. Like, these yeah. absurd, humorous things will happen. Um, his stuff is always really fun. And it also has a lot of heart and really good character moments. And he really likes writing Harley Quinn. And, again, there's a really good Harley Quinn in this one, too. So those are my picks. So Suicide Squad, Batman, Harley Quinn, Aquaman, Hawk, uh, Aquaman and Hawkman with honorable mentions to The Flash and Legion of Superheroes. Wow. So what, what are your picks for a top limited series? So top limited DCU series, um, that, that means the anything with 12 or less issues. Right. And you've got limited, unlimited, super limited. <laughs> don't pay extra for the super Pico limited. limited. You don't need it. <laughs> Pico limited. That's one issue or less. Um, or, so somebody or drives story. by in a car really fast saying, Superman. And that's it. That's Pico Limited. That's <laughs> the whole story. Less than a second. All right. Go ahead. Top limited series. Okay. Superman Smashes the Clan by Jean Luen Yang. And right. Gu- I would put that in Guri non-DCU Hiro. because that's obviously not in continuity. Stop that- it. Stop it. It's DCU. It's Superman. Okay. Po- I know it's non- non-continuity, but it's still a limited series about Superman. It, it literally-, literally has Superman in the yeah, title. Yeah, but it was a black label. I'm just pointing out uh, the only reason I mentioned no, it. No, is- that one wasn't a black label. I think by the end it was classified as black label. I think they sort of switched imprints partway through. That's not fair. I'm- the only reason I mentioned it is not to be pedantic, but only to point out why it won't appear in my picks for the same. Okay. So, But anyway, go ahead. Superman smashes the clan. Yep. <laughs> Lois Lane by right. Gre- Greg Rucka and Mike Perkins. That one qualifies. <laughs> yes, good. Thank you. Well, that's good because I actually put six on this list. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, um, as I was saying, like I, I really was drawn to the more um, just uh, non, non ongoing stuff and so that's why i have six in this category I, I couldn't even pick an honorable mention among these i just literally was like here's my top six here you go so anyway superman smashes the clan i guess is now an honorable mention for disqualification reasons anyway a dishonorable mention it hey, doesn't even belong in this category stop it go ahead you stop it um lois lane yeah and then batman the adventures continue by alan burnett paul paul dini and a whole bunch of other people well ty templeton i think has been the artist on every is it ty templeton or rick burchett i think it's ty templeton hasn't it been on, on, it's I been the looked, same artist for every issue. I, I just can't remember because they've both done so much animated stuff. I want to say it's Ty true. Okay. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Um, Superman. Again, I would say that's not DC because <laughs> it's obviously in the animated continuity, but that's okay. All right. Superman Up in the Sky mm-hmm. um, because it was amazing. Tom King and Andy Kubert. I will allow it. <laughs> Dial H for Hero. Mm-hmm. Sam Humphries and Joe Quinones. I think I said that right. Quinones. It's not Nyes. There's no Nye at the end. Nye. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Listen to how you say for more information on yeah. why. Yeah, is an inside joke between us smarties. Um, so and Doom Patrol, uh, Jeremy Lambert and Gerard Way. Uh, I just it's a young animal. It's okay. <sighs> and do you have a, you said limited? Look, the fir- the second word is limited. The second one is DCU. The third word is DCU. So I mean, and I didn't it's realize all like you DCU. would take the 
the the order of the the category titles. What so am literally. I supposed to do? Top non-DCU series. That's apparently, okay. all the stuff I enjoy is non-DCU. Apparently, that's okay. Do you have any honorable right. mentions? No, I told you I was like uh, there's a whole bunch of the limited stuff is just my favorite. I didn't want to honorably mention anybody. That's so okay. I guess you can honorably mention all the ones that, all don't, the ones count. that don't count. Yeah, no, those are good picks. Do you want? Did you want to elaborate on them? Superman Smashes the Clan is my favorite one, honestly, because mm-hmm. Lois Lane was really good. It, it set things up, and I actually texted you real quick because I was like, okay, it looks like it's twelve issues, but I don't know if that's the last issue. I mean, it wrapped things up, sure, but it really left room. And a strong establishing uh, character base for an ongoing series. So I thought they were just kind of launching it. And I just kind of squeaked under the wire because it was 12 issues. But then there might be a 13th one the next month. I don't know. Um, I think it actually says a 12-issue series on the front, actually, in the in the DC. Little the little tiny little. Iconography in the Tiny, tiny box. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. Um, Dial H for Hero was amazing. Was really, really fun. Top to, top to bottom. And... Um, I should have picked some some characters from there as as in further categories you'll see we're about to pick a top favorite character but I didn't but um these right two but they they wouldn't really have great. they wouldn't have qualified anyway because the Dial H started last year and the characters were obviously created that's what I thought for the first issue right so. exactly that's what I thought so um yeah Doom Patrol Doom Patrol is just funny every single time I pick up an issue I'm like oh, I really want to see what's next because it's just so weird well and we've got the final and, issue waiting, to, <laughs> waiting yeah. to be read so and and it's really far in between issues that's my only gripe yeah, with it yeah it's from like six yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't in good conscience pick a series that only had like two issues this year and when it was only a seven issue series but it was really with. good anyway um does that count as non <laughs> yes <laughs> I don't even know technically it's in the detail. okay fine um right that's so fine. that's it it's that's a blurry line <laughs> go ahead I grant you it's a blurry line all right, so top limited series. I just series. went with the limited part. So, so yeah, so Dial H for Hero. Yeah, that, it, was a, it was a fantastic series. Had a lot of heart. Really yeah. spoke to, you know, what makes the DC Universe cool. Great characters, awesome art. Um, Superman Up in the Sky. You Ugh, know, Tom King, Andy so Kubert. Uh, one, of the, one of the best Superman stories. I've ever read. Ever, yeah. I think. Especially, you know. And you read a lot more, so that's a lot more coming from and you. Especially, and especially, it's kind of similar to All-Star Superman in the way that actually it's a lot of, like, self-contained stories by and large that still mm-hmm. combine to form an overarching story yeah so it is similar to all-star superman then but plus like plus the same number of stories right because it was 12 stories and six issues and all-star superman was 12 issues right so they're both this and all-star superman were 12 stories albeit of different length um combining to form a, a larger arc um yeah really fantastic obviously speaks really well to what superman is and has some really really touching moments in it um wonder twins Mark Russell mm-hmm. and Stephen Byrne, fantastic, great, pointed, you know, social commentary, great art, really yeah. funny, um, a, a fun way of introducing those characters into the main DC universe and not making them, you know, jokes like they were on the Super Friends cartoon. Um, Freedom Fighters, Robert Van Dien and Eddie Barrows, year? that ended this year, so it that qualifies. That ended this yeah. year, okay, because um, that's such a good barely, one. But I, I gave it. I think like the last three issues were this year. I thought or I gave it an award for last year, and so yeah. I didn't. Well, it would have qualified okay. last year too, because it because it. Spanned both. Um, we've talked about it a lot, but really fantastic story. It so is. Really Every stirring. single issue was my comic of the week at some point. Uh, Doomsday Clock kind of gets overlooked because it's so different and so big and came out so infrequently. Yeah. But several issues of it, including the fin- including the final issue, which was fantastic, were this year. Obviously, really important series, fantastically written, meticulously written by Jeff Johns and illustrated by Gary Frank. Um, you know, we've talked about it, it was before, really but good. really fantastic. And then honorable mentions, Lois Lane um, mm-hmm. and Strange Adventures 
which oh, is going to be limited again, out. 12 issues. We've had three issues, which, to be fair, is as many issues of, say, Freedom Fighters or Doomsday Clock or sure. whatever that were in this year. So it's just that it's in such a big story. I feel like we've only gotten so little of it so far right. that I can't. I mean, I can tell that, you know, if it if it stays really good and if it sort of accelerates and and gets more and more complex, it could be up there with, you know, Mr. Miracle and stuff like that. But it's wow. it's not quite there for me yet just because we've gotten so little of it. But right. the art is fantastic. And the, the potential is, really is there, but you can't award it. Right. Yeah. So I sort of put that in there because I've, re- I've enjoyed the three issues we've gotten more than more than some of my other main picks in this category. It's just that there's only – it's so early. It's not. It's kind of different when you've got the last three issues of a series because yeah. then you can judge it in total. But when you've only got like Doomsday Clock, but when you've only gotten the first three issues of a series this year, it's kind of hard to, to give it, you know – Give it the stamp of approval. Right. So Dial H for Hero, Wonder Twins, Freedom Fighters, Doomsday Clock, Superman Up in the Sky, and with honorable mention to Lois Lane and Strange Adventures. Nice. What about your non-DCU series? So top non-DCU series that includes watch, the watch Black all, Label and the Young Animals stuff. Watch actual DCU series now. Well, I did. I was paying attention. Detective um, Comics. <laughs> John Constantine Hellblazer, right. um, written by Simon Spur and a lot of different um, artists. Um, Superman Year One, um, I hmm. really enjoyed that. Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. Um, that that was great. It chronicles kind of an alternative, like what if he grew up in something that feels more like our America, you know, where somebody who's growing up on a farm may not have access to an amazing education, may not have access to pools of money. What are you going to do? You're going to join the Navy. You know, it's the... I really enjoyed the first couple of issues of that, but the final issue veered too far away from what I was, what I liked from the first couple of issues and just became like a, a weird but relatively standard superman story yeah. like I, I enjoyed more of the coming of age stuff yeah and it, I it jumped over some like i feel like a lot first yeah. issue was was great and really grounded second issue was like a bunch of stuff where he fought like an undersea king and yeah like, this, I is, remember. this is weird but it's still really good and then the third issue was like him in metropolis yeah as, as superman already and it's like okay now this is just frank miller writing superheroes and it's not as interesting to me as those first couple of issues were fair that's a fair criticism i enjoyed it because it felt like to me like even though he he started in a very different place and it was unusual and you could easily see him go either way in this in this kind of thesis that he was exploring it felt like he was on the razor's edge of becoming um of using his powers for good or using his powers for bad depending on you know whatever the experience he gets through you know the the storytelling although this is all part of his although it's not really advertised as such um it's part of his it's meant to be part of his you know dark knight universe or whatever so this is like the origin of the superman that fights that like decades later is going to fight batman old batman in his armor in the alley in dark knight returns you know so we know he's going to become like the standard superman because but his his whole thing there was he was like a government lackey right he was just flying around doing whatever ronald reagan told him to do including taking down his best friend right yeah um so we kind of know he's going to end up in a not so great place and then there were many sequels to dark knight returns and you know okay but we kind of knew he wasn't going to become ultraman or something weird like that yeah so we at least had that end point in mind but yeah we had no idea what his Right. What the backstory of this particular I version didn't, was and, and I didn't have any of the history that you just explained while I was reading it. So my experience reading it was much more um, blank slate, tabula rasa, you know. So um, I had a different experience reading it. But anyway, it was a really, really great reading. So that's why it's on here. Um, the third one I listed was Question, The De- mm-hmm. Deaths of Vic Sage by Jeff Lemire and Dennis Cohen. And Bill Sienkiewicz. And Bill... S- Sinkevich. Nope. 
What do you mean, nope? Sienkiewicz. Well, <laughs> hey man, li- I'm Polish. He's he's but he's <laughs> he's literally had to walk through people how, walk people through how to pronounce his name on Twitter, and he doesn't go that far. So whether okay. he's been forced to sort of Americanize it a little bit, or like Notre Dame, okay, or, or whether he actually because he's you know fourth generation or whatever, he actually pronounces it Sienkiewicz. I don't know, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna second guess how the man himself tells people. Of how course, to and I'm. And I actually met a lot of people um, who have Polish grandparents who have super Polish last names who did the same exact thing. Um, so you have to walk me through it. What, how do I? I'll correct myself. I'll, that's his name. If he says it differently, then I want to learn the correct way to say it. Say it again. Sinkevich. Sinkevich. I'm not quite sure where he places the emphasis, but those are the three. The Sinkevich. Three so- okay. Sinkevich, I only fine. I only mention it even though he's just he's doing the inking because if you were to see the and they actually have some of the pages at the back if you look at the pencils yes. versus the inks like yeah that's Bill Sinkevich like right. he could ink pretty much anyone and it would look like Bill Sinkevich you know like you could <laughs> still like he could ink Jack Kirby he could ink an Alex Ross pencils he could ink whatever and it would still look like he he's got his style is that it's not like some inkers where they're just there to like accentuate the penciler and right. it looks like the penciler yeah like when Bill Sinkevich inks it. It, it's his it's, now. It's, it's his now. It's mine now. <laughs> Dennis Cohen, you know, he he's basically just providing like the the, the, the skeletal. Yeah. He's like, here's where the characters are going to be, and here's what's in the panel. Bill Sinkevich is kind of it's more. It fini- takes it over. It's more finishes, which is a I term understand. you see sometimes. It's more finishes than inks. I would say when when Sinkevich is involved. But that's what you hire Bill Sinkevich. You know that that's what you're that's what get. you're gonna get. Yeah, and that's the style they wanted, but. And it really makes a big difference on this one. So I'm glad you called out the the third component because he's definitely contributing a lot more. Um, No disrespect to any inkers because, I mean, that's what you're... Anyway, you're all awesome. Anyway, so the next one was Harley Quinn, Black and White and Red by various hmm. vi- various creative teams. I've really enjoyed every it's single so new issue. The, we've had so few it's of them that I, have, I would have had trouble but giving. Two out of the really four, but two out of the four were really like outstanding yeah. stories the for Harleen me. The Harleen sequel one was good. The yes. rap battle one we just had was really good. That's the, those are the two. That's yeah, right. The one in between was okay. Excellent. The two in between. There are two. Those um, anthology series are so hit and miss though. Like some of them are going to be great. Some of them are going to be poor. It's, it would have, they'd have to be the the digital first series that I've enjoyed the most are the ones that have a consistent authorial voice. Sure. Like the Superman one or the Swamp Thing. Right, one or the but Flash this one. is a non-DCU series and yeah. the Harley Quinn one qualifies for now because it's an, an interesting premise. You get black and white and red. I like that it's not really giving you more than that. So you got a different creative team on each issue doing their interpretation as long as it matches a theme of black and well, white and red. Based and on the old, there you go. It's based on the old conceit of Batman black and white, which started off, I'm trying to remember if it started off as backups in the Batman Gotham Knights book or whether it started off as, as, um, as like hardcover graphic novels that were that were a series of short stories. It started off in one and then sort of became the other. But there's there's two or three collections about, and then it became a long running s- series of statues mm-hmm. where artists would design a statue and it would be done in black and white. And there's like a hundred Batman black and white statues. So it's sort of a riff on that. And those, that was a similar premise where every story would be a different creative team and they would all be out of continuity or whatever. So it's reviving that brand from like, I don't even know how long it's been, 10, 15 years ago since they've done something other than a line of statues with that brand. So it's even using a similar logo. It's like the, the, the Harley Quinn is like spray painted over the word Batman and the and red is like spray painted mm-hmm. over the black and white. So it's very much, you know, part of, uh, part of that you know, family of of story. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Was that is that all of them? Um, no, there's more. Um, I also chose uh, House of Whispers by Nalo Hopkinson and Dan Waters. Mm-hmm. And my honorable mention was Deceased. Um, just all of Deceased because mm. uh, they have little offshoots like the same thing with that's happening with Batman. There's like 
uh, with deceased, it's like deceased, you know, hope, last hope or something like that. And then deceased, you know, dark oh. underwaters, death times. I don't know. Deceased electric boogaloo. That's right. I mean. <laughs> deceased lower decks. Yeah. Deceased um, blue lightning. I don't know. Um, so, but all of deceased has been really consistently amazing. And I look forward to every issue, no matter what offshoot it's from. So it's kind of... Um, I, I've sort of lumped it all together. For well, it's, it's because it's all from the same writer. So he has, oh, that makes sense. You know, he knows where all, like, even whether, whether he's telling short stories that take place in between the moments of the first series or whether he's telling an out and out sequel. I don't know how much of this he had mapped out originally, mm-hmm. but it all fits together so well because it's all been Tom Taylor writing it. Wow. Um, so is that it or do you have That's honorable That's it. I, I, that was my honorable mention. So a lot of all com- of Deceased was all my honorable so mention. So a lot of commonality um, bo- bo- with. Ones you just listed and with ones that you listed earlier that should have been in this category. <laughs> so Superman smashes the clan. Oh. Fantastic. And again, I'd say one yeah. of like the best Superman stories, certainly I of the last 10 years. I seriously think so. It's just um, amazing. Far Sector, fantastic. We've talked about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, John Constantine Hellblazer, great new reinvention of Constantine. Great like self-contained, again, like great self-contained stories, one or two part. I think the first arc might have been like three issues. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really interesting one going on now. I think we, it might have even been our comic of the week with like the mermaid that's being carved yeah. up. And that was like yeah. the one issue story yeah. about this this mute friend, new mute friend of his and like the people in the hospital, like someone was coming and killing people yeah. in the hospital. It turned out she had like this xenophobic agenda and so on. Yep. Um, really great. And, you know, the art is like, yeah, this is like vertigo or black label art. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's it looks like that, but the writing is is really fantastic. Um, and then I, for one of my main picks, I picked a, I just put the deceased franchise. You know, the original deceased I think might have crossed over into this year slightly. Mm-hmm. That's how little time there was between that and the follow ups. Like I think right. within the last year, we got the ending of the first series, and then we have the sequel, Deceased Dead Planet, and then there was the three issue miniseries, uh, Deceased Unkillables, mm-hmm. which was about like Red Hood and Cassandra Cain and and Deathstroke and them trying to get trying to get to safety mm-hmm. and then there's the current digital bi-weekly sort of um filling in the gap series hope at world's end and they've all been really great yeah so it's true I'd, yeah. I'd have to put that in, in there and then harleen the step and sedgwick oh. uh black label book i think had its third and final issue in the last year yep. if not if not the second and third and obviously gorgeous to look at but yeah. just a really interesting reinvention of the character that really gets into her motivations and how mm-hmm. and why she could fall and quote unquote fall in love with the joker how would that even work kind of sexifies up the joker a little yeah. bit you know what i mean mm-hmm. um just really good and, and it, at that time there were and one could argue still are kind of a glut of harley quinn stories yeah you know both the suicide squad movie was a hit and then there was the birds of prey movie coming out and the harley quinn tv series and now it seems like She's got an ongoing series. She's got two digital first series. There's multiple, like there's the there's the uh, Criminal Insanity uh, series. There was Harleen, and now mm-hmm. there's you know. So there's there's a lot, but it's all been really good. I would right. I would argue. Yep. Um, and Harleen was definitely one of the top ones. So Harleen's Superman smashes the clan, Far Sector, Hellblazer, deceased, and then honorable mentions: uh, the question, the deaths of Vic Sage, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. and Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, which is a really oh, interesting that was a really good black one label. Too. We got one issue left. We thought I, I was assuming it was going to be three issues, but yep. it was obvious from the ending of the third issue it was going to be one more. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing art. This last issue just had this really fantastic fight sequence, really kinetic yeah. fight sequence yeah. between Superman and Wonder Woman. Really interesting premise, like post-apocalyptic Wonder Woman. Really cool and hor- horrifying twists in the story, like uh-huh. things you wouldn't expect. Just a really great. Um, sort of what if, you know, yep. future Wonder Woman story. So those yeah. are my those are my picks. That's a good pick. Yeah, I didn't know where I would tuck in um, the Wonder Woman story, but that one also meant a lot to me. I mean, DC writes really good comics. Let's put it this way. <laughs> it was hard to put this list together. 
Okay, so that's that. Oh, now for some interesting, fun stuff too. More interesting stuff. How about top writers? Nah, that didn't sound very No? The category for top writers? So my picks were um, Tom King for Mm -hmm. everything that he's done. Just, Do you want me to list them? Nope. You don't, <laughs> okay. I mean, you can. I, I'm sure you picked him too. So why don't you just go ahead and... Well, Strange Adventures, Batman, Superman Up in the Sky, and various short stories and yep. various mm-hmm. anthologies. And he made me ball issues. openly multiple times with some of his short stories. And I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, let's see. Simon Spurrier for mm-hmm. Hellblazer because it's been consistently amazing. I love the... Oh, man. I love the way that you can hear his cockney british accent when he talks is he the writer was he the writer it just ended but was he the writer on the dreaming too or was that somebody else the dreaming do you know because the dreaming know. was also really good the dreaming was i really want to say that it was also him and that he got hellblazer like on the strength of that mm. but I, I could be wrong but certainly you know if only on the strength of hellblazer i think he's also done some like short stories for some hellblazer has been around a little longer than than you would think so i think that they were overlapping multiple well times. they certainly overlap okay. i mean the dreaming ended three or four months ago and hellblazer was on issue six or seven yeah, so they did overlap good yeah um let's see what else um i gave nk jemison for mm-hmm. far sector because this is her debut writing for comics um for comics yeah right for <laughs> she, comics she's uh, won a litany of right awards for the her um she she wrote a series of books a trilogy of books called the broken earth and also a trilogy called inheritance um sci-fi trilogies and i i haven't read either but now i'm going to literally i'm going to go look her up because that's awesome um and i'm so glad that she's writing comics now because i've really thoroughly been enjoying the world building for this the pacing she has it down pat it's really you can tell if she's a novelist based on the way the story is paced i would say i mean yeah but tom king actually kind of draws his out in the same way he's written i think he's written novels too i'm not sure he comes from i mean he comes from the world of espionage definitely... not the world of novels but i <laughs> yeah but i but you're right it does have a similar and so yes i would say the same thing about tom i think he has that same sensibility sensibility yeah. about his pacing, pacing that comes yeah. from there's a cadence that yeah. they they have that other writers don't have in comics there there's no knock against anybody but uh, it's just a different flavor of awesome is basically what i'm going to say about that um so i had to acknowledge her um and also nello I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing Nalo or Nalo Hopkinson for um, How dare you <laughs> for House of Whispers because yep. I've consistently enjoyed her work. I just did. She delves deep into mythology. She has her own creative voice. She um she writes the outside characters in one issue. She'll introduce somebody and you automatically care about that person or at least I do. I don't know how much it spoke to you. There were moments where you didn't find uh the meaning that I would find in the same issue, but um, I really like the the themes that they explore. I like the characters that we meet, the incidental characters, the long, the the, and then the characters from mythology and history. I mean, it's just it's a very well put together assembled work, and I really like her her. So she gets one of my top picks, and then Robert Venditti for Hawkman. So those are my top five. I got Tom King for well, everything he, that he he's did. He did a done. lot more than Hawkman, but I'll, we'll get to that. In I a mean, second. yeah, but Robert Venditti specifically for Hawkman because that the the ongoing series. Every time I see Hawkman, I'm like, I want to tap on it. I want to I want to read it. I want to read it now, and that speaks to good writing. So any honorable mentions? You yes, wanted to give have, Mark Russell an, an honorable mention? I you did. Forgot he existed. I'm no, I didn't forget that he existed. I just forgot to put him on my list. 
I, I promise you, I didn't forget that he existed. I literally was talking to him earlier to you today before recording um, about him. So he gets one of my honorable mentions. I got Dial H. Sam Humphreys because mm-hmm. that was a really great read. And then Paul Dini because he's written some stuff here and there, contributed he's some short stories. He's written some stuff. No, yeah, I know. Here and there. Put that in um, his <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> um, no, he had some short stories that he contributed to various issues. Anniversary issues. A- anniversary yeah. issues and stuff like that. And, I and then to obviously Batman and the Adventures continue. Right. And that uh, his contributions there. Although I don't know how heavily they, you know, where the split is with him and the other collaborator. Burnett, that he's I would yeah. love to know. It reads, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Right, exactly. I'm, I'm hot and cold on that series. I really like it. But it, if it's Deanie writing, it doesn't quite have that same sparkle to the the to a lot of the Deanies because he's written some of the best Batman stories of all time. And I don't, I'm not getting some of that same flavor from it. Mm-hmm. It reads as like a, just a competent, like a competent episode of the old cartoon and right. not like one of the best, which he's written most of the best right, ones. Right. I think there's maybe not a lot of room for him to, I mean, Burnett wrote the Two-Face and he wrote like, he's, he's, was, he's one of the best writers on that show too. He was the first good writer that show had. <laughs> um, so, so I, I don't know. So, but yeah, no, obviously Paul Dini is really great. Yeah, so I mean, those are my. I had three honorable mentions. Let's put it that way. Um, what about you? What did you pick for top writers? So Tom Taylor, uh, Deceased, and Suicide Squad. We've mm-hmm. talked about both of those already. Sam Humphreys, not just for Dial H for Hero, but also for Harley Quinn, nice. which I, which I oh, picked good. obviously is one of my main ones. Tom King, like I said, Strange Adventures, Batman, Superman, Up in the Sky, various short stories. Robert Venditti, um, not just for Hawkman, but also from Freedom Fighters. Uh, for the last oh, cu- yes. the last couple of arcs of Justice League, which have both been really good, like the one with mm-hmm. the, where they went to Themyscira and the Spectre was there, um, mm-hmm. and for Superman: Man of Tomorrow, which is the digital first series, he wrote the first six mm-hmm. issues, and I remarked at the time these just read like really great episodes of like Superman the animated series. And now he's back, and he's done the past couple of issues, including the one we just read, where he has to hold up the world for oh, Atlas. Oh yes, these just really great self-contained Superman stories right. where you can read like. You know, yep, 16 yep. pages, and it's just a great Superman story. So oh, it's really it, I'd love to see him get one of the Superman books whenever Bendis moves on, because I feel like just on the strength of that, he's, he's done really well. Yeah, he's And then really James Tiny in the fourth for uh, for doing so well on Batman after Tom King left, and, and the whole build-up to the Joker War storyline has been fantastic, and Justice League Dark, which mm-hmm. is also consistently one of our, our top ones. And then for honorable mentions, I picked uh, Mark Russell, uh, for Wonder Twins and for the first six issues of Swamp Thing New Roots, which was yeah, a really great was, Swamp Thing story. And Steve Orlando, who I feel like I, f- I forget, I, I always forget about until I read I'm like, oh yeah, Steve, Steve Orlando's really good. The recent, the recent say, 10 or 12 issues of Wonder Woman, which have mm-hmm. been really great. Um, Gotham City Monsters, which was a really fun that mini-series. Fun. Um, the first six issues of Aquaman Deep Dives, which was the uh, digital first series. It dealt a lot like the, the um, Sea Devils. Mm-hmm. We're helping him out, and there was some cool stuff there. And then Martian Manhunter, mm-hmm. which ended this year, which was a great reinvention of that character. So yeah, so those are my picks: Tom Taylor, Sam Humphreys, Tom King, Robert Venditti, James Tiny in the fourth, and then honorable mentions to Mark Russell and Steve Orlando. Yep. Wow, great. So a lot of overlap there. Mm-hmm. What about your top artists? So top artists, I picked Jamal Campbell for Far Sector. I'm shocked. Because, shocked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, Stepin Sedgick for Harley Quinn. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, for Harleen. And, for and Harleen the, and, the, and, the and the Harley Quinn, Quinn yeah. follow-up. Yep. yep. Um, and also a bunch of the Aquaman stuff from uh, previous whenever right, he could have contributed. Year, yeah, I know. Yes. I know. Um, Trevor Hersane and Stefano hmm. Guardino for Deceased because... I like them, but I wouldn't... 
I think it's kind of amazing. Is, Some sir, of their sir, stuff is it really... Suits, it suits the material for me. It but does. it's a little too messy for my... You know what I mean? I kind of like it because it's sort of... Everybody I mean, looks, everybody looks kind of lumpy. Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> well, I... I, I hmm. I think it suits the material have, well, but he would not he would not be mean, my top pick for that. If I had to nah, pick like who would be the best artist on this series, he would be down on the list for me. I think it's I think it's functional and it suits the series, but I kind of wish that they'd gone with a different the artist. Panel for the panel alone the where Flash is uh, beset by the anti-life equation and is running headlong at, at uh, Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, the the scenes between the emotion in Superman's face in the issue where he's his saying facial goodbye. acting and his staging it's is very so good. good. I just it's I don't just, I'm just not a big fan of his style. It's per, it's a personal thing more than anything else. I just, yeah. I'm just not crazy about his style. But I think in terms of his his craft, I think it's it's very good in terms of his staging and his pacing right. and his detail and everything else. But it's it's a personal thing. Well, it's yeah, it's it's enough for me to give him one of my top five. Uh, positions here and then Riley Rosmo I'm surprising you know Martian Manhunter but also he's popped up in just about every anniversary issue this is what I was gonna say yes and every single time there's just this warmth and familiarity and uniqueness talk about lumpy talk about lumpy that's what I was about to say (laughs) I was about to say you want lumpy here's Riley Rosmo but he uh, they I don't know if Riley is a woman or a man I'm pretty or sure it's whatever a man because I think I've read interviews with him but I could be wrong um well I'm gonna use they pronouns just in case because who knows maybe they don't subscribe to either gender i don't know but anyway um the riley rosmo's art is really really unique the voice is so different from other things that we see but also incredibly strong and even the use of colors i'm sure that this person has um uh, say in what colors are used because they're the palettes no he doesn't palettes are usually so um so unique and so catered to that style. It really does feel like he must work closely with, yeah. the, with the colorist because it all feels of a piece. Of a piece, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, much anyway, in the same Riley way Rosmo that someone awesome. like you know Liam Sharp or or Alex Ross who do do their own colors. I think yeah. Liam Sharp does his own colors. I could be wrong. I know he inks his own stuff, but it, much in the same way that those colors feel like they are inextricably linked to the pencils mm-hmm. and the inks. You know, yep. but yeah. Um, and then Steve uh, Lieber. For Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen, yeah. Because even really, though that comic... Really well suited to the, to the exactly. subject matter. Yeah. But also there's such a ver- variability because during the course of the Jimmy Olsen comics, and now don't take me wrong, but I, I that wasn't... That was a little too jumpy for me to it, for me. Like I really like it. I see it for what it was going for. I see the incredible work and value and talent that went into it. It's just as a, as a receiver of art, it wasn't... I wasn't the right audience for that. But the art was so great. It was just, it was just unequivocally like some of the best art that I've seen. The way the artist was able to jump between styles within the same issue, mind you. How it looks like a 1960s pop comic one second and then the 1940s with the bow ties and the color palettes completely and the round shapes, how everybody's kind of round and dumpy looking and and so, um, and, and just of a piece of there like everybody's Betty Boop you know but um, and then jump forward and then you've got the 80s rock top artists, and everything else our top artists fall into so two great. categories you got dumpy and lumpy <laughs> dumpy and lumpy no but you know what I'm saying I know anybody who's read the Jimmy Olsen comic knows that not only does it change from issue to issue it changes from within issues from segment to segment and, his, and it's so he can do strong I really first, good imitations he first came too. to my nose he did some Batman stuff with Greg Rucka a million years ago like mm-hmm. 20 years ago when Greg Rucka was first breaking into DC like way back during like No Man's Land and shortly after that and I think he did I could be wrong but I think he did 
the art on Whiteout, which was Greg Rucka's creator-owned book that really, you know, made him a, a name in comics. And I think got, was that the one that got adapted into a movie with Kate Beckinsale? I could be wrong. Um, so he's been working, he worked with Greg, but he's done like, so he'll, he'll do like murder mysteries and he'll do Batman stories and, and now this. Mm-hmm. So his style is very adaptable, yeah. Yeah, and uh, no, but it, uh, he, it's hard to do a good imitation of a style too. And I'm not just talking about like this, the Well, themes he did like the whole something. Calvin and Hobbes riff. Right, and that's this, what I'm was saying. Really, really on yeah. point. Yeah. Like he literally like would, you open the Sunday funnies and it might as well be him. Well, you want like, to talk about adaptable art styles. I don't know if he's one of your honorable mentions, but uh, Joe Quinone is on uh Dialogue for Hero. Talk about it being able to yes. adapt your art style. Oh, now I feel I should, so I feel regretful. like I should have given him, given him <laughs> a uh, honorable mention. Well, we're honorably mentioning him now because he gets one from both of us. Um, my other two honorable mentions were Joel Jones and Liam Sharp because although I haven't seen a whole lot from them um, this past year, they have been contributing a whole lot. And every single time I see them, I'm kind of like, I smile because I'm like, oh, I know exactly well, Liam Sharp has is. done every single issue of The Green Lantern. So he's been consistent yeah. on that. Joel Jones has been... Up until She's recently, writing, writing Catwoman, but yep. only doing the art sporadically. So right, and her contributions, her. Uh, art-wise, her, her contributions have been like I, I recognize her covers here and there. I think she she actually did. She the still cover do most. Of, well, that's often the way it goes. Yeah. Yes, she um, did do that, the cover. For yeah, that was great, and and that was really nice because she has a very strong. Like she's not afraid of a good long stroke. Like that's. <laughs> um, she's she's definitely got her, um, a very recognizable and strong style with this cool wispiness to it it's it's incredible i don't know how she pulls it off but they're the, the dichotomy of the two she somehow merges them together quite really really nicely um i dig her stuff so yeah those are my honorable mentions along with the third person for dial h for hero that you just said joe quinones joe and i hey wait i mentioned him earlier yeah for something you did <laughs> well i mean we both picked dial h for hero for a bunch right, of different things already okay well Anyway, that's my. Those are my top five artists with two honorable, three honorable mentions. How about you? So some commonality. So Jamal Campbell for Fire Sector. I feel uh. like that's almost a gimme. <laughs> Liam Sharp for the Green Lantern. Uh, Fernando Passerin for Hawkman. I really, I really like his stuff. I've liked his stuff since oh, the very first issue. That, yeah. Way back when Brad Meltzer was writing JLA, and there was a JLA JSA crossover, the Lightning Saga, and he did a random issue of that. I can't remember whether it was a JLA issue or a JSA issue, but I'm like, who is this guy? Like he just came out of nowhere. And he did like really, really de- like how do you do this every month? Like really detailed. Yeah. He was on. He did some of the the Deathstroke series that uh-huh. ended like a year ago too. He, he was one of the main artists on that. Really detailed stuff. Really great, great facial acting, great staging. Really highly detailed. Um, I've always liked his stuff. Uh, Mikael Jannon. I feel like that's also kind of a gimme. Like he's one of the go to artists for Tom King. So you know he mm-hmm. did a lot of the best issues of Batman, including a lot of the final arc and the final issue. Mm-hmm. And he's done short stories here and there. He did the Helena story with Tom King for the Catwoman yes. anniversary special. He's probably my favorite Batman artist of the past 10 years. I, d- I just love the way he draws the draws the character. Um, Sami Basri for Harley Quinn. He's done the art on the most recent arc with Booster Gold and the, mm-hmm. the wrestlers and so on. I, I Again, I like love I've loved so his warm. stuff since the old Power Girl series from, again, like 15 years ago. Where he just randomly was the artist on Power Girl. I'm like, where did this guy come from? His stuff was very different back then, too. It almost had like a cell-shaded look to it. Oh, okay. But it might have been more the way it was like inked or colored that, that made it look that way. Oh, but was, but it was saying. really striking. And it doesn't look like that as much anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but I still really like his stuff. Um, yeah, Mikel Jannon, Sammy Bowsery, Jamal Campbell, Fernando Passer, and Liam Sharp. Honorable mentions, uh, Bruno Redondo for Suicide Squad with Tom Taylor. Really great. Nice. Again, I've loved his stuff since he was on Injustice with Tom Taylor. And he was the main artist on that. Really great stuff. 
and Greg Capullo for Batman Last Night on Earth and Death Metal, the current mm-hmm. Death Metal series. You know, just crazy stuff, like so much crazy stuff going on, crammed into every panel, crazy new Batman, crazy dark multiverses, weird stuff going on. Um, and he just draws, yep. the heck, draws the heck out of all of it. Yep. Um, yeah, so those are my That's picks. great. That's fantastic. Um, so the next category is top story arcs. Now, unfortunately, I'm the wrong person to put this together. So I literally skipped this category because for me, everything feels so of a piece. And my brain just doesn't process comics the way yours does. So you can remember at the drop of a hat, like story arcs within a comic, within a, a subgenre, within a, um, a monthly distribution of blah 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 and it gets really intricate my brain doesn't work that way i read a comic i'm like wow that was a really interesting story and then that same comic continues with the following issues after that and i don't remember sub uh arcs the way you do i remember issues i remember you know stories that maybe could be one issue could be three issues for all i know i don't know but i i'm the wrong person to process comics that way right now so i did not pick anybody for this category so i defer to you and you go ahead and tell me what you picked for your top five so yeah this was a harder one for me too for some of the same reasons uh, some of the ones that jumped out at me were just like recent arcs that i really enjoyed mm-hmm. um justice league cold war which was we talked about it briefly but it was the one in recently in justice league robert venditti wrote it where they go to themyscira and mm-hmm. the whole thing with the specter and releasing everybody's you know, anger towards each other. I just thought that was a fun three-issue story. Wonder Woman, The Four Horsewomen, which is the oh, recently concluded one with, um, uh, what's her name? Paula, Paula Van Gunther yes. becoming like the the war, the, the war master. She wasn't, yeah, not just the war master, but all the Valkyrie that ever were. Right, and bringing back, you know, older Wonder Woman foes like genocide and so on like that. Oh, and Donna okay. Troy had a cool story. And then the, the way it ended with her kind of being somewhat redeemed and Wonder Woman sticking up for her against the Phantom Stranger. I just thought that was a really cool arc. Right. Um, but those are probably pretty distantly behind like my top two, which would be Swamp Thing New Roots, number one through six. The arc didn't really have a name. When it gets collected, I'm sure they'll put some name on it but mm-hmm. mark russell's arc from the first six issues of the swamp thing oh, digital the one, series. Where, the one it, that had the ending we talked about the ending on the show where there's this time jump and all the all the bad guys were in the bunker uh, and yes. swamping has been forming this <laughs> city of plenty and yeah um that was a, i mean the ending kind of made that arc but the whole arc was really good and batman city of bane which was the final arc of tom king's run on batman yep. you know the death of alfred the siege on you know the, the city being held by all the villains yep. and the bat Batman comes Tom back King's with arcs are definitely more discreet than other people, probably because he's within like a novel structure and maybe he knows about, you know, chapters. Um, but um, but yeah, other than that, I don't I couldn't name I literally couldn't name any arcs or even pluck them out of whatever. Remember that I'm, I'm like Chris Farley in old episodes of Saturday Night Live where he hosted the show where th- famous guests would come upon uh come on and and he go remember remember when you said that thing that made other people do this yeah that's me unfortunately when it comes for, for to me his his, questions. his arcs are some of the easiest to remember because i feel like they get well, that's what i'm saying they get advertised more like the, oh, i am batman i, I am bane i am suicide the nightmares arc with a k then right, city right. of bane like i feel like his stuff is it gets more marketing well it's like well it's like that's the, the title of the of the arc is oftentimes on the cover or it says like you know, that City too. of Bane Part Six in in the in the credits, whereas other stories right. will sometimes not even have an overarching name to the story, and you just, one gets assigned later when it gets collected right. in a trade or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but those are my picks: Batman, City of Bane, Swamp Thing, New Roots, Numbers One Through Six, Wonder Woman, The Four Horsewomen, and Justice League Cold War. 
Yeah, Swamp Thing was really good. I didn't know I could pick a whole limited series for Well, it wasn't, though, because it kept going. There oh. were more issues. Remember the thing with, like, the, the light? Roots? The light that was well, going yeah, around? Well, yeah, but that and... was... Hold on. Swamp Thing did the same thing that I was telling you about, like, where Swamp Thing, colon, colon, something. Um, and that something changed, but New Roots was one thing, and then it no, was Swamp New, Thing. No, New Roots was still called New, still called New Roots. Oh, that, was why okay. I put, that was why I put it there and not a limited series, because the series continued just with I a different see. creative team. So that's what okay. makes it an arc. I see. Okay. So next we have top single issues or short stories. Okay, this one I did have answers for. So um, my number one, and, and everything else is in no particular order, but the the story that really touched my heart the most was called Helena. It was in the Catwoman 80th anniversary special. It was written by Tom King, and Mikhail Jenin did the art. Um, this was just so wonderful. I didn't want to read anything for the rest of the day. <laughs> it was just the best thing that I've read in a long time. It was beautiful how um, Catwoman was kind of freaking out at the prospect of becoming a mother, um, how it was through her pregnancy, how she was processing her plethora like myriad of feelings about what it meant for her independence, what it meant for her identity, what it meant um, for her responsibility and everything all jumbled together and it was so beautifully written I'm like okay how did you get <laughs> Mr. Tom King how did you a man get inside the head of a woman so so thoroughly it was very very really well, nice he has done. kids I mean I, I think I know. a lot of the feelings are probably the same they are there are a lot of the same same uh, similar feelings I'm sure but um, it was a really well done issue and it really spoke to who he views as Batman and um, Catwoman to be as people um, it continues it doesn't deviate in any way shape or form from who these people are and it just it ties in so perfectly because it's not like <laughs> this is something that you discover as you go on through life you are you and um, the people that are meant to be near you are additive they're not changing they're it's not healthy when something changes you as a person like you can you can learn things you can grow you can try to be like better, what constitutes a limited series in a non-dc series <laughs> there you go some i can people learn on this podcast something would benefit from learning absolutely just, i might have to a random example <laughs> but anyway it's just it was so deep it was so wonderful and then of course the little teeny tiny baby and then you see them uh, see see her later helena is all grown up and she looks like her mother but with her father's eyes and they're just sitting there at the park having oh man oh stop it i'm gonna burst into tears that was easily the best thing i've read this year it was so great um so yeah that one touched my heart and so that's why that's my top pick and then i also picked other four issues were superman number 18 specifically where superman tells the world who he is oh. that was a fantastic so much of the issue stuff just blurs together for me but that was a really good issue that yeah. that one in particular that's the one where you had the entire page yeah, with just and i'm telling the audience you're gonna now. say the thing where he goes to tell perry and yes no dialogue, the perry right? with yeah, the dialogue in the page. previous page he like gives him a quick cardiogram through an x-ray just to make sure his heart can take it and then you see the little silhouettes and the the only silhouette is the superman symbol that's yeah, the only that's color Bendis, on the that's page it's so best. good not like yeah <laughs> something <different. laughs> oh um the next one was harley quinn black and white and red chapter one the sep and Sajic one the, the yeah. um the the continuation where the red the theme is so tied into the issue itself you have the new psychiatrist talking to harleen and she's sort of laughing because she has a phd in psychiatry so she knows exactly all the tricks all the games and everything else she's sort of toying her way through the conversation but also in some places sincerely answering the questions and also it's not reaching the psychiatrist because they're kind of a noob um they're trying their best i mean the psychiatrist is trying her best but 
she's not going to be able to succeed here. And and we know that Harleen is going to escape. And the way she does at the end and then the art is so great on top of that. Oh, it was great. It was a great issue. That one right there. And then actually the rap battle. I picked Tim Seeley and Juan Ferreira for the rap battle. Um, and I said that Penny, <laughs> I made a note. Anybody who knows Penny Arcade knows Mike Krahulik. And the power that she is describing here where her psychiatry degree can allow her to take a look at a person and sort of see how see their issues it's sort of just kind of put together a list of their issues that they secretly carry yeah, around with them the shatter point is, is micro, as micro hula calls it the shatter she gets from a star wars novel but it's great it's, it's yeah and uh i just referenced that too because um at one point in the issue her best friend um you know, Pam is there. She's supporting. She thinks it's going to be an embarrassing exercise. Um, and she says, wait, you, you can't do that with me, right? No, <laughs> of course not. But she could. And and actually, Mike Rahulik said that he absolutely knows all the shatter points on his longtime partner, um, um, Jerry there. <laughs> What's Jerry's last name? I'm Jerry under the there, gun. That's it. I'm under the gun and I Holkins. can't remember. Thank you. Holkins. I knew it was an H somewhere. Um Sorry, Jerry Hawkins, big fan. Um, but he would never, ever, ever deploy it because he, they're, they're best friends. So, of course, he would never, never do that. And every single time he mentions that on stage, because people keep asking, hey, what would you say about him? It's such a, such a mean question. Of course, he's not going to tell you. That's just horrible. Why would he tell you? Um, uh, um, Jerry goes red in the face just a little bit. He's like, oh, man, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this topic. Um and uh, okay, so anyway, I just, I don't know. It made me think of that too. So I really enjoyed that issue. I also listed Deceased Number 5, Tom Taylor and um, Trevor Harrison, um, The specifically the issue where Superman says goodbye after he got infected by the Flash. The scene where he says goodbye, I mean, that left me in ugly tears, like ugly crying. It was, it was really beautifully done. Yeah, I think the first couple of years we did this, we had like a top moments category, oh, yeah, which okay. we discarded. Well, is... But if I had a top moments category, that would, that would have been up there, yeah. Yeah. Um, disease, yeah, because it was only part of the issue. Um, the rest yeah, of the issue was, like was interesting. Uh, yeah, it was a but little longer, but it was... That's yeah. when Tom King... Uh, Tom King. Tom Taylor. Too many Toms. <laughs> um, actually, they've got a thing going on on Twitter. Tom Taylor's got a thing he's, he's been doing where people keep mistaking him for Tom King. Yeah. Like people keep <laughs> oh, no. tweeting at him and oh, saying, hey, no. I really love Strange Adventures. He's like, thanks, mate. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. No, but that's one of his one of his strengths, even going back to Injustice, is that it'd be all sorts of crazy gruesome violence happening and then there'd just be like this one beautiful character yeah, moment that would yeah. make the whole thing worth it you know and that's yeah. but that's that's one of his great strengths with these sort of else world stories yeah. well there was another one that i wanted and it is a full issue because the whole issue was great um uh, deceased specifically hope at world's end issue number two where black adam is responding you follow black adam for this issue and it was a really strong really well done issue where black adam responds to the anti-life equation by basically slaughtering the population that has the infection in order to save the lives of everybody who doesn't and he fortifies the base he saved the city effectively but one but uh one and he scared a whole bunch of people too which is an interesting thing but as you're reeling from that as the population is like okay so what just happened and some of them are like they know that they've been saved and other people um 
with with a swift action are terrified that he was able to do all of this that he's got this capability and now they're just terrified because they think that they're they might be next you know don't displease the almighty uh, 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 black adam because he'll slaughter you at just like he did these people um so they're terrified and as we're reeling from that you see that there's a mother who's actually calling for at black adam's help because her son is feeling a little unwell and stuff and he's like oh it's like this gets scratched in the face <gasps> oh my god and now he's got the black uh he's got the uh, anti-life equation <gasps> that was such a good issue that was such a good issue oh my god sorry i spoiled it for you but hey man you've been along the ride for this podcast <laughs> um i hope you've been reading along reading along with uh the rest of the class anyway um those are my top five or are there six i think i may have picked six one two three four yeah sorry <laughs> i picked six that's okay you can bump one down because it is the moment you could bump down to cease number five because you're right that's the only part of the issue that really um matters in this narrative here so what did you pick for your top single issues or stories so i also had helena from the i wrote Aww. here batwoman but that's obviously a mistake catwoman 80th anniversary special um, I also picked the story Belyushka from Batman Gotham Knights number oh, six. Oh, that was great. That was Mark the, Russell. The Mark Russell story where Joker, we talked, it was our pick of the comic of the week at the time where Joker c- comes up with this way of getting Gotham to basically tear itself apart without breaking any laws. Yep. Um, Batman number 83 by Tom King and Mikhail Janin. That was the issue where uh, Batman wakes up. He's been tied up by um, Bane and Flashpoint Batman and he wakes up in Wayne Manor and across the table from him is Alfred's dead body and the whole issue is sort of uh, I'm not sure it's clear which of them is playing the message I think Flashpoint Batman is playing the message but it's it's the recording of Alfred's last message to Batman thinking it'll have a certain effect on him and it actually has the opposite effect like it, it, it motivates him to go on and the whole issue is basically overlaid with the narration of Alfred's final message to Batman yeah um, that so was that, really that great. Um, and then Superman Up in the Sky number six, which is the final issue of that. Oh, that was arc. so good. But Why basically just for that, that last storyline, you know, and the, mm-hmm. the, the last um, story, uh, the two stories in that, in that that issue, the conclusion where he fi- finds the girl and brings her home and mm-hmm. their conversation and everything. Um, and then uh, <laughs> so amazing. Then Doomsday Clock number 12. Um, mm-hmm. which had a, which was a fantastic ending to the series, all the stuff with Dr. Manhattan and the little boy that he, you know, chooses to carry on after him. You know, the Legion, the Justice Society coming back, great Superman moments, the stuff where we see, you know, the the permanence and yet the mutability mm-hmm. of the DC universe, like certain things will always be constant even after all the reboots and these hypothetical reboots that Jeff Johns posits will come in the future, you mm-hmm. know, um, sort of clarifies the state of the DC universe while telling a really great story and reflecting on the DC universe and the Watchmen universe and pitting Superman against Dr. Manhattan finally and showing what those two characters have in common. Just a really great, really great issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Doomsday Clock number 12, Superman Up in the Sky number 6, Helena, Belyushka, and Batman number 83. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was your top new character of Okay, so I had year? some tough, tough choices to make. You know what I did? I did a tie. That's right. I did a tie. Um, I picked Sojourner Joe Mullin from uh, Far Sector. 
Mm-hmm. And I also picked um, Pokita from House of Whispers, who is introduced kind of later in the series of House of Whispers. I, I wanted to make sure I didn't break any rules because House of Whispers actually predates. Like it debuted last year, but before July yeah, last year. Yeah, but she was sort of the main character of the second half of that series. So I think right. you're probably, I don't know if you looked up the exact issue, but I, I think you're probably but safe. Yeah, I, that's what I was having a feeling too, because we see Because the first year was like those two sisters... And yes, the first three sisters, their entire, yeah, yeah in, in some part of New Orleans with the youngest sister. Well, they weren't sisters. They were. Um, oh, that's right. Well, there were two sisters. But there the were two, two sisters. The two but adults the were Two adults together, were yeah. together. Yeah, they were girlfriends. Um, and I, um, anyway, Poquita is a great character because she, oh, man, what a miserable life she had. And to be so bright and optimistic and then to be taken on such a strange adventure and still retain some of her strange uh discover a whole bunch about her family her own past of uh, the things that were done to her so unfairly and then also still retains so much of her goodness throughout that process it's just such an amazing character and i really want to see more about her because we instantly care for her when she starts caring for that poor street cat and we also in- instantly empathize with her when we realize her situation where she's not even like she's not even I don't even know if they have like legal documentation for her. They just kind of kept her as a slave pet um, to to do their bidding and random chores and errands and stuff like that. It's a horrible existence, horrible. Um, but she is a very beautiful character and a wonderful little person, and I want to see more. So that's why I had to pick her. And also, um, um, Joe Mullin is really, really a great character, but we don't see... V- too much depth yet because of the pacing of the novels she's our audience identification character she's we know characteristics about her we know her strengths we know that she's a green lantern so she's obviously honorable and she's also willful and strong um and and but she's interacting with this world around her and we don't really have a huge sense for who she is all the way through um and we're gonna we're finding out bits and pieces of it through through little flashback sequences like um the moment where she remembered somebody like her partner beating somebody up and that that scarred her for uh, emotionally for a, a time um so she has history you know but we're still peeling that back like an onion so we'll see but um, I had to shout out these two because they're my favorites this year and I can't pick between them. I literally, I can't choose between them. So that, you know, that deal with it. <laughs> what about you? Who do you pick for your top new character? A little, little more adversarial than I think you made to be there. <laughs> um, so I also picked Joe, but I oh, agree uh, But I agree with you that, that it's not, you're not really reading this the series for her necessarily. You right. know, you're reading it for the world building and the art and, you know, the the, the writing and more than just... You know, you could throw in Jessica Cruz in there and it would be a different series, but I don't think it would necessarily be like a worse series. Right. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, it doesn't hinge on her in the way that like the best Batman stories can only be about Batman or the right. best Superman stories can only be about Superman. This could be about other Green Lanterns, mm-hmm. you know, that have similar personalities and it wouldn't really be the end of the world. But I, but I do think that, that she is a, a good new character. And there yeah, haven't been a lot great. of like really standout new characters yet this year. The only other one that occurred to me to maybe pick would be uh, Punchline, but I feel like we just haven't gotten enough of her yet to know if she how she stacks up. Right. Yep. I mean, she so far she's fun. I like Punchline, but she's definitely 
two dimensional. Like there's well, no. Well, we got that little origin for story for her. We got an origin story good. for her, right? But even there, she's kind of two dimensional. Do you yeah, understand? Yeah, well, I think like they, I think they've done a good job setting her apart from Harley Quinn, and that can make her seem mm-hmm. two dimensional in as much as she's what sets her apart safe. from Harley right. Quinn is the she's, fact that she's like a true believer. And she's she, not trying to change the Joker like Harley always was, right. trying to make him thinking, seeing the good in him. She likes the evil in the Joker and she just wants to be a part of it because yep. she's as twisted as he is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is an interesting, Take. you know, an, inversion Approach. of the Harley Quinn exactly. dynamic. But it means you basically just have a character who is almost pure evil. Right. Right. But so, but so I'm sure they'll add more shades to her later. She's a she's an interesting character and it's like a new interesting new element to add in there to shake it up. But her her character is not. Right. Super three-dimensional yet. I agree with you there. Yeah. So what about your top future wishes? So my top future wishes, I and I know that I wasn't limited, but I have three. First, number one, give me back my silencer. I want silencer in a book. I want moms represented. I she want. Showed I miss up in her. a couple of issues yeah, of Event Yeah. Okay. Leviathan. She had like a line or an appearance in a panel. Come on. Which I is what we said last time. She would have showed. It's a, well, because I've you seen did. this. I've seen this happen dozens of times with other. Don't books forget and about silencer, DC people who are listening to this. Because obviously you're listening well, to this. So Why wouldn't you? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if she would have shown up in the new checkmate stuff that Bendis was doing with his Ooh. new checkmate that he assembled that included Talia al Ghul, mm-hmm. which is the last place we saw a silencer was sort of with her again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I read that they're not, that that's been canceled before it's even been published. Like they decided not to do all those, like the Manhunter series that was going to follow it right. and the this checkmate series that was going to follow Leviathan, that they're not doing those anymore. They're shelving them. Okay. So I don't know why. Um, so yeah, the, the most likely place we would have seen her again soon is not happening. So who knows? She could show up. We're back to hoping she shows up somewhere. Yeah. Oh, she was also in a handful of issues of uh, Wonder Woman. Remember? Um, yeah. Wonder she, Woman uh, ran afoul of her in bit. Boston uh, for a couple of That's issues. That's right. She was, she was there to do a thing. And, right. and Sansa was like, oh, we should just kill this person. And Wonder Woman's like, no, I don't, you know, I don't do it that right. way. Right. Yeah. That's true. So yeah, she shows up periodically. That's the way it always goes. I you know. know. Ten just years from now, give somebody will give, will give her a new series Good, or something. give her a new then, series. Why do I have to wait ten years? Well, Don't we know all this? Too, too many, <laughs> can't we just many, fast forward to the part DC where I'm reading Silencer? can't publish more than 20 or 30 ongoing series at a time, and there's they've got too so? many characters for one of those to be Silencer. <laughs> Put other people in her book. Why does she have to appear in other people's books? Come on now. Okay. Um, I think that it would be also interesting. I would like to see this year, and this is my top wish, I would like to see a deaf character because... I. Uh, I've been, I don't know, I've been sort of reading a whole lot about different people and different people's experiences. And there are, and I've been thinking about this for a long time, like there are other people that are represented, um, but not very many people who have a disability. Um, And a lot of people who are deaf actually don't even regard it as a disability because you can function perfectly well throughout your entire life as long as you have some way to communicate with um, people who are not deaf. But there are whole communities. Put this in your head, pipe and smoke it. In the U.S., there are 33 million people who are deaf. That's almost the population of all of Canada. So why shouldn't we have a character who is deaf in the comics? How interesting would that really be? thinking really hard. There must be someone, but obviously I agree with you that proportionately there should be more than there are. I'm just trying to think if there's like some supporting character or Green right. Lantern or something that... I think for comic book I think it would be nice to cannot hear, you know, because their race doesn't hear or something like that. But right. obviously that's not what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't think I can't bring anybody to mind immediately. I mean, we had we had a cool character um, where uh, I think you're thinking of F sharp Bell. 
That actually did occur to me, but no, that he just he can't he doesn't have any he eyes. He can't right. He, can he has hear. no his species has no eyes. Yeah. He can hear perfectly well. That that's how he communicates with the thing because he's not he can't perceive the spectrum. He has not no no you know rods or cones to perceive with. So, um, uh, I mean that's an interesting character because he's literally blind, but he's still a superhero, and that's cool. Um, but it would be nice to to have. I think that would be something and something interesting and. It's kind of a shame that it hasn't happened yet. Um, and then I think it's time for DC to also introduce a non-binary character. Somebody who primarily uses the they, they them. We've gotten some. I mean, but, there's the Aerie in, in Suicide yes. Squad mm-hmm. now. And there's been, there, I mean, I now, you know, if I'd had time to sit down and prepare a list, I could probably come up with some. No, but you you're know right. what? My should, pers- you're right, obviously, that they should be more. But I uh, learned about it. I mean, to their credit, they, they do try to introduce diversity where they can. So here's... My my first introduction is me being a little bit, you know, um, I'm telling you a slice of life from me. My first introduction to they pronouns was in a DC book. It was. It was in, um, specifically, I remember the first issue of the Dead Man series, oh, back in the day. the name of that series was. Was it um, House of Something? Yeah, or? it was a house of, I don't know, but the, the woman who inherited the house, she was going there. I Dead remember Man the series, was there. Yeah. She remembers. She can see ghosts and her eventual partner, her best friend up until that point, but eventual partner um, was actually a blocker, somehow naturally blocked to those types of phenomena. But they went by they pronouns. And I was so confused because I didn't see, I never saw they pronouns in print before that time. And so I remember thinking that it's a typo. And I also remember talking about this with you later and then looking up more information about this because I was like, what pronouns do, does a person like that use? Like, I wasn't bothered by the fact that this person adopted both genders. I was just bothered by the use of that pronoun for that particular thing. I was like, I'm confused. I can't. Wait, what? So I had to learn some stuff. I had to grow. And that book was my first introduction to it. So that's a kudos to DC because like, all the stories and all the all the TV and all the movies and stuff like that. I'd never seen it up until this. I was in my 30s when I learned what uh, they pronoun about they pronouns. That's that's kind of a shame on our society. But anyway, anyway, moving on from that, it would be nice to see uh, a more non-binary character, specifically headlining a series or at least being part of an ensemble where they are more than just like a Suicide Squad character. I mean, that's pretty great that the area exists and that's a step in the right direction. But it would be nice to see more progress in that way. So that's yeah, that why feels like the next um, right, the next evolution, next, the next yardstick. Step. We've, yep. DC has got a lot of non-straight characters, but yep. they're still mostly. And that was like ten years ago. People would be asking for more of those, right? Be- um, yeah, that's why know? I say it's and like the next. Midnight. It's the next exactly. yardstick. Yeah, exactly. Well, I exactly. mean, you start to list. There's there's actually a lot of gay characters in DC right now. They're, of course, they're, they've been yeah. doing quite well with that, and uh, even on their TV shows, you know, there's there's a good amount of representation in, in that area on the CW shows. There's a yep. quite a few non-straight characters, but yes, it does it does seem like this is the next. The next thing for them to do. Yeah. yeah. And they've been doing a good job at least getting Aerie out in multiple places because yep. um, she showed up in Deceased also. They? Like, well, yes, I'm sorry. They showed <laughs> up in, De- in Deceased also, yeah. um, which is also Tom Taylor. So he's just putting putting them in. And and uh, they also showed up in that Flash annual with the Suicide Squad guest that started in, which was not the first thing that was not written by Tom Taylor that they right. appeared in. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's nice, and I just so those in terms of top wishes, those are my I top mean, three. To be to be fair, to be to be glib about it, 
I could probably list a bunch of Green Lanterns that do not identify as male. Or, like, what does Mogo identify as? You know, but clearly that's not what you're talking about. I'm just, no, yeah. There have been stories, though, to be to be, to be be ever so slightly pedantic. And I know this is not <laughs> what you're talking about. But there have been, like, Green Lantern stories that have focused on, like, those that have told, like, al- stories that are sort of allegorio- allegorical to the non-binary life experiences through, in, like, a sci-fi uh-huh. way through various Green Lantern And that's stories. always, that's kind of how, how it starts, how, isn't it? With because allegory like, and then with, right. like, literally here is this person. Right. Which is, which is the next step, and we're not exactly. quite there yet. Exactly, yes, And so I'm, I'm ready for the next step is basically what I'm saying because um, it's time for other people to <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> just hurry up. It is not at all appropriate, but the phrase <laughs> Mogo is all man just popped into my head. <laughs> I don't know why that. What is wrong with you? <laughs> so funny. Oh no. Okay. He's just a big old hunk of rock. Oh. <laughs> so shapely. Um, Spherical yes, one might you're, say. You're right. <laughs> just a big ball in space. Mm-hmm. All right. What about you, my beloved? What did you pick for your top future wishes? So I feel like my my wish has been um, sort of honed, much as one would, you know, crush coal into diamond over the course of the past four years reference acknowledged where it's been it's been purified through years and hundreds of comics of like repetition and and frustration where i feel like it started like oh i would like you know oh i want young justice back i want the shazam family back i want the justice society back i want the legion back we've gotten all that yeah through it all your wishes have come true through it all my one sort of overarching wish has been like just clarify what's in and what's out please like if some of the old stuff that i love is no longer in continuity i can live with it just tell me you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons why i was looking forward to that 5g relaunch with the different generations of dc heroes oh, that we okay. talked about the new dandidios new timeline right that and we then, talked about and so yeah. that's now probably not happening because they threw them out on the street <laughs> for daring to think of such a thing um so that's probably now not happening but now we're back in where we were before where i'm like did grant morrison's jla happen did like it's fine if it did just tell me you know what i mean right, like right i feel like where we're at now is a reasonable compromise where if a writer wants to bring in some of the old stuff, they can. Mm-hmm. Like with Greg Rucka is like, because he's Greg Rucka. He's like, no, Renee Montoya is the question. Like, yeah, I I don't care what other what else you're doing, what, what your your current state of your continuity is. If I'm going to write the Lois Lane series, Renee Montoya is going to be in, is going to be in the question is yeah. going to be the question. Yeah. So they let him do it, and then they had this whole thing, which actually kind of works if you're going to apply apply it more broadly, which is there's been so many reboots and so many so much time shenanigans in the DC universe yep. that sometimes past continuities, it's kind of like Mark Wade's old hyper time thing Mm -hmm. sometimes past continuities and past lives can like bleed through and inform your current one right and so if they want it you know anytime i'd say it's similar thing to what's going on in young justice where superboy's back impulse is back yep why oh they're just left over from the old timeline and now everybody else from now everybody remembers them again because you know what i mean yeah if someone wants to bring back old stories or old characters they can and sometimes they make up some reason why it's why it's happening and other times they don't they, they don't have to um right. and then if some writer wants to just stick to the newer version like the new 52 forward version they can right and it all kind of makes sense because stuff is fluid enough now where it's like oh well that character remembers their old life and this one doesn't and that's maybe probably why that's happening mm-hmm. it's like oh wait this person wasn't a teen titan in current continuity that was in the old stuff who cares like they just they remember it right it's fine mm-hmm. so i feel like we're in an okay compromise place but i would still like some sort of some sort of 
delineation of what is and is not out. And if it's out, you know, it could be in next month. Who Mm -hmm. knows? That's just the way it goes. But I would like to know what the current editorial thinking is regarding Mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. you know it's just it's a it's become more and more of a minor thing as we've gotten more stuff like lois lane and young justice and the justice and doomsday clock right which brought a lot of stuff back mm-hmm. um and those have those have checked you know checked off most of those boxes but my overriding wish for just saying okay fine the justice society is back what parts of their history are mm-hmm. back is jeff john's jsa run back in continuity or is it not like does you know it's the yolanda montez wildcat in Doomsday Clock, does that mean the Wildcat son, the third Wildcat, Tom Bronson, from his second JSA run, is he still around or is he not? Like, just clarify these things so I know. That's that's all. Like, I just, I don't like to be like, wait, wait, does that mean that, like, just tell me and then mm-hmm. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. That's that's the long and short of it. So that's, that's the, that's the laser point of my, <laughs> of my wishes over the past few years because I've gotten all, all the main things that I've been asked for which is like bring the characters back that's the main thing and yep. then now it's like okay I'd like to know which versions of these characters I'm dealing with that's right. that's the sort of the culmination of that but it, again it's kind of like a minor thing because of the way that they've been handling it right okay and that's that well so that's awesome um, yeah so I hope you enjoyed uh, this year's award ceremony should we have like a, a better name for this than like the this year's this, award ceremony this year's award ceremony how about this no, special I think that's megasode? just about right <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we don't have we should call them like i don't know smarts awards or smarties the annual smarties welcome to the annual smarties yes we'll get I feel like music. we might get we might get sued by like hershey's or whoever <laughs> makes the candies no oh right the candy darn it <laughs> Well, the award ceremony for Smarties. How about that? Because that way it's delineating. It's the candy is not your favorite. Anything of this. Your favorite. Everybody's favorite, favorite non non candy based non candy based comic. Show. That's right. There you go. See, crusty brand flavored gelatinous based beverages. Well, we we wow, we are. Um, I don't know the rest of the quote because I would I would chime in. They call so, them shakes. You don't know what you're getting. You don't know what you're getting. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so we'll we'll workshop the name for the award ceremony. Five years in, I think we should come up with a title at some point, right? That's really when things start to come Year. together. Five <laughs> First five years of your kid's life, you can just call them, you know, hey, you there. But then yeah. you really have to... Commit to a name. You really have to hunker down after five years, I feel like, and settle on something. So that's that's fair. Yeah, I think so, too. (laughs) Okay, so, um, yeah, if you want to reach out to the show, we have an email address, mailbag at smartspodcast.com. On Twitter, we are at smartspodcast. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash smartspodcast. And our website is www.smartspodcast.com. How about a funny sound for us? I don't have one. How about... It's an award show theme.